1: You have accessed Entry 398.JE1711, Certificate Number 27021, Egg Cracking Machines.
0: So, how's your egg cracking skills? What's your egg cracking skill set like? Are you asking if I'm a one-handed egg cracker? Do you feel confident if someone hands you an egg and says, crack this into a bowl? Like how much confidence do you bring to the whole process? I'm quite confident,
1: but perhaps overconfident. I always do the one-hand crack that I used to see TV chefs do Mm -hmm. because I was always very impressed by that. But it's a much harder way to crack an egg. (laughs) And so like that does increase the odds of getting a little shell in the egg. But I took home ec. I know all the stuff you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to crack in a separate bowl in case you get one bad egg or, oh, you know, Oh, I see. You crack each egg. You're supposed to crack everything into a bowl and then move it into the main mass of, of raw egg. Because what if one of them has a little dot of blood or gets shell in it or has a chicken foot or... You don't want that in your omelet.
0: No, although it turns out the little dot of blood is just a... Uh, it's the result of an, uh, a vitamin A deficiency in the chicken. It's not. Um, it's not blood? It is it is a little <laughs> dot of blood, but it's not, uh, <laughs> but it's not like a, uh, I think I always assumed that it was some nascent chicken, but. Um,
1: I feel like if I have a dot of blood egg. in my omelet, I don't really care why it's there.
0: Like I'm not <laughs> troubled by which vitamin it was.
1: <laughs> I just don't want it there that
0: much. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, but in your house, uh, my understanding is Mindy Jennings does uh, the vast majority of the baking. Is that true? Or do you guys split up the, the? is it a division of labor thing where you're over there one-handedly cracking eggs while she's, she's uh, devising other schema? She does way more of the
1: cooking than I do. And she's probably listening to this, so she thinks I'm underselling whatever
0: I'm saying, so...
1: Do, do, do you the mean vast she,
0: majority. Do you mean she's going? I do all the cooking. Can why did are- he say most <laughs> instead of all?
1: And uh,
0: but you're you know, like, no, I cracked those eggs that one time on Christmas. I mean, the one thing I
1: am qualified to cook is like, besides grilling, is breakfast food. Um, you, you do grill. I've had your. I've fed your mixed grill. But not you know. I'm not one of these dads with a funny apron, and I, I generally stick to burgers and dogs just because I don't like to be challenged. Right. I'll well, do chicken thighs. I feel like steaks make me a little nervous and fish. I'm not
0: very good at cooking steaks. It's, it shames me to reveal.
1: Do you know the little rule of thumb about how to tell doneness that you do with
0: your own yeah, hand? If you touch your hand and then touch it.
1: But I don't trust- If you put your thumb on your- <laughs> yeah. Touch your thumb with your index finger and that's a rare steak. Put your thumb on your pinky and that's a well
0: done steak. Yeah, but I don't, first of all, I don't trust the elasticity of my own hand.
1: I don't trust my ability to successfully compare something I'm cooking to the elasticity of the base of
0: my thumb under different conditions. I overcook everything. That's my problem. Uh, can, can you shuffle? Can you are you confident at shuffling a deck of cards? Yes. Can you do a flashy shuffle?
1: I can do a riffle shuffle, but like the the, the arch, the bridge thing. Yeah, can you bridge uh, Yeah, but I do, I will do, but you're not supposed to. Like if you go to Vegas, nobody's ever doing a bridge cuz it's harder on the cards.
0: Well, I know, but you're you half of shuffling is just impressing kids. I can't do like a good fan or,
1: like I never did close up magic or anything, but I think that's to my credit. (laughs) How did we get from, how did we get from skills to like barbecue skills to poker skills? Well, I feel. Is a special all dad skills episode
0: (laughs) of Omnibus? No, but I feel like the confidence that you approach, you know, as you, as you address an egg, a raw egg with a bowl and you're like, I am going, here, hello egg, I am going to put you in this bowl. It's the same. You have to have a similar confidence to addressing a deck of cards.
1: It's how I address eggs on Twitter, basically. Mm. I'm like, please.
0: You're like, Un- <laughs> unfollow.
1: Somebody today tweeted at me, do you accept constructive criticism? Wow. What What is your answer? Mute. <laughs> 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 mute quick before they realize they never got back to me on whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, so, but, but, you know, making breakfast to it often means, you know, the the eggs for the pancake batter or right. the eggs for the omelets or whatever. Right, so right, I right. probably do more egg cracking than many other culinary skills. What about you? What's, I, what's
0: your egg life? I used to, you know, one of my earlier jobs was uh, as short order cook. I, I was the, the cook at the off-ramp during the grunge years. Ah, I forgot this. Um, that's, that's all eggs all the time. Yeah, oh. I mean, I was the, I pioneered uh, hash after the bash, the famous... Grunge era, food trough style midnight garbage pile, and it, it was a potato based hash. It was not hashish. It, it was, but there were there was, scrambled eggs were a component of it, and and, and hashish and hashish, <laughs> and uh, people from you know all across town would all show up at the off ramp at one o'clock in the morning, and for a very small amount of money, you could get a big plate of eggs and carbohydrates. And everybody's
1: eating it out of a trough, like medieval times? Pretty much. You walk down and and it's all in big food
0: service trays. I'm picturing (laughs) one of those urinals where everybody's, (laughs) it's one of those shared urinals. But But, you know, that was at a time in Seattle when the average, you know, person under the age of 30 went to bed at six o'clock in the morning and only then because the cheap white powder drugs had had failed to keep them going through to the next day, and
1: because nobody was serving them a delicious
0: hash. Oh, oh the delicious hash! That's, the, you know that's the what reason. The reason I started doing hash after the bash was that at one o'clock in the morning, routinely, as everybody else was starting to clean up and go home, because I was the cook and the restaurant was open until two, I would get twenty-five orders, short orders, for eggs prepared twenty-five different ways. You know, the, the restaurant would fill up with drunks. And the waitress would say, you know, what are you having? And this guy would say, those scrabbled eggs. And the next guy would go, "Sunny side up eggs. And the next guy would go, "Easy over eggs. And, you know, cooking all those eggs is a challenge, right? I mean, eggs are, to do them right. Because you got to do these all at once, essentially. And then I would, I'd be like frantically trying to get all these eggs made. And, you know, this the server would take them out and plop them down in front of these guys. And I'd go out and look, and it's a bunch of long-haired grungers, and they're passing out in their chair. They wouldn't have noticed if it was tofu or soylent or... They, most of them just fell asleep with their face in the food. And I was so, like, offended. Why am I working my butt off to make these great eggs for these dinglings? I should just make 200 eggs in a trough. And that's what it ended up being. And it was a huge, like, part of the... It ended up being part of the scene. You're disrupting breakfast. But during that period, I was very good at cracking eggs. One-handed egg cracking. I was cracking eggs by the dozen. Nary a shell. Pow, pow, pow. Eggy, egg, and I could flip eggs in the pan. I was doing all that cookies. You ever stuff. get the little flash fire stuff? That's what I like. Like to you know, and I had a deep fryer going over here, and I had burgers up, and I was cooking everything. I got into short order. But then I, I didn't like the lifestyle. It's too hard on your body, and you know, you're working while everybody else is having a smoke break. You know what I mean? What does it do to you? Is it is it the knees? Is it the back? Yeah, <sighs> you're you're throwing arms. Is it the
1: grease? Are you just inhaling so much grease? You get that carpal tunnel from the spatula work. Ah, the spatula work.
0: No, I wanted to be a musician. I didn't want to be a cook. And also, you know, it was. Those were rough times. People were passing out in my food. and People are putting cigarettes out in every egg you made. No, thank you. Jeremy, you, you, you live close to Beth's Cafe. I do. Beth's famous for their 12-egg omelet. My son was down there the other day and did not get the 12-egg omelet. 12-egg omelet, is a that is a massive undertaking. Uh, back in the 90s, the cooks at Beth's could all smoke while cooking. And I distinctly remember. Could in that they were
1: allowed or could in that they were. Skilled enough that to they were do capable.
0: so. Uh, they, they were allowed, I don't know if they were skilled, but there was one cook, uh, I remember at Beth's, because Beth's was also open all night, mm-hmm. one cook that could do that trick, I swear to you, she put a paper clip in her cigarettes, because she could sit and smoke until the ash was four inches long. <laughs> and she's got the cigarette in her mouth, it's hanging out over the grill, she's got six 12 egg omelets on there. And this ash is just dangling, like, like maddening that she wouldn't ash this cigarette in, a, in an ashtray. And I was just, I kept, I would sit there at the bar and I would wait for this ash to fall in the eggs. It never did. I mean, not that I ever saw, but if it did, if you got an omelet at Beth's and there was a little spot of blood in it, that would be the least of your worries.
1: <laughs> She's slightly <laughs> inhaling the whole time. <laughs> it was incredible. Just to keep that stuff
0: on there. Everything smelled like cigarettes.
1: I, uh, I guess my diner dream is always like a perfectly cooked over medium fried egg, like where it's, um, not runny enough to ooze out over the plate, but also not, uh, hard enough to be dry. Right. And I've never actually gotten one. And it's for exactly the reasons you say a short order cook is doing 20 eggs at once. There's no way he can time mine to the exact 15 seconds when it's neither too runny or too dry.
0: Well, i and the thing is like, if you're cooking scrambled eggs as a short order cook, you can, you can crack 50 eggs into a bowl and then you've got like egg mix kind of sitting there waiting to be poured out. But if you're doing fried eggs, you have to hand crack those dummies onto the grill.
1: So I should order scrambled and just make, cause I like scrambled
0: almost as well. And it would make the world net happier. So it's just generally like less work for a cook. Do you like scrambled eggs wet or dry or where?
1: Uh wet, but not too wet. My son always gets poached. And is that, uh, is that harder or easier?
0: I hardly ever cooked a poach. I know, egg. right? You, 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 would have to poach them to order, I would think. Yeah. You keep a pot of water. I mean, you, it's not like you keep a pot of clean water boiling just in case somebody orders a poached right. egg. So you got to boil water first.
1: And he gets turned down a lot, which makes me
0: think that is a
1: hard egg. It's just like, come make. on,
0: kid. Like because just, people look at him and they're like, hey, kid. What did you do? Like Google weird ways to make eggs? <laughs> yeah, you read, you read uh, Catcher in the Rye and then said something about a poached egg? Get out of here. And that was how I felt when I, when I was cooking. Just like, look, I can make eggs for you two ways. I can fry them, in which case they're going to come out fried. You don't get to stipulate wh- how you want your yolk. I'll fry it or I'll scramble.
1: You're like a guy at Gino's
0: now, wet yeah. or out Bro- yeah, broke, right. broke or not. <laughs> that's right, broke yolk or woke yolk. <laughs> you want eggshell in it or not? Those are your options. But eggs are like I. I just recently developed a taste for wet wetter scrambled eggs cuz i was cooking for my uncle jack um who's 93 and he likes his scrambled eggs wet and i realized oh you know what they're pretty darn good that way i never i always would have kind of i think been a little bit squeamish about it because they're i mean you don't like the word wet when it comes to talking about food right moist maybe Although people hate the word moist.
1: Yeah. I don't understand the antipathy to the word moist.
0: But you don't want it. When, so, when, when somebody says, how do you want your food? You don't say wet. Well, you don't say wet. I'm
1: in the mood for something. Hey, what are you in the mood for tonight, honey? Mm, let's go get Thai. Oh, really? I wanted wet food. <laughs> that's my favorite cuisine.
2: <laughs> so awful.
0: But dry scrambled eggs are no better. No, dry scrambled eggs, I've decided that's real prison food. Dry scrambled eggs. And
1: uh, I guess, I assume in real prison food, they're not real eggs at all. It's some kind of powdered eggs or- uh, Right. Like if, for example, if you want real eggs at McDonald's that have just been cracked and cooked, you got to get a McMuffin. Oh. That's the only thing they serve that just came out of a shell. Oh, really? Yeah. Everything else, the eggs in the uh, the burrito or any other breakfast sandwich, you know, just kind of a layer of yellowish scrambled egg. Yeah. That's a mix they got that does have egg in it in addition to- all the other stuff it has in
0: it. Well, but those, you know, powdered eggs are eggs. They're um, dehydrated eggs? Yeah, dehydrated eggs. In the process of processing eggs. In the, uh, what about
1: in the process of being in the process? Of if you
0: are if you are processing being in the process of processing eggs. Okay, I'm there. You know, there are, as you know, several, within the United States, there are lots of different uh, gradations of eggs. I just bought, this is a parenthetical, I just bought grade
1: B eggs. Interesting. For the first time. Why? <laughs> so we were at a, oh, this is a very flattering story. I was at a soup kitchen helping the poor, as oh, I often do. Jesus. We were making up a tray of, you know, whatever, for, for whatever breakfast is the next day that this Lutheran church was serving, uh, peeling potatoes
0: and whatnot. Cross-denominational helpfulness.
1: Oh, man. Like, I am nothing if not not ecumenical. (laughs) (laughs) I go through the phone book and I find one house of worship (laughs) of each denomination and I go... Help them uh, peel potatoes. Yeah, you buy the cheapest eggs you can. Well, so we were over there, and uh, we, we, the kids wanted to make a... My kids were there, and they were kind of bored with whatever they were doing. And Mindy was like, well, here, there's all this zucchini. Let's make a zucchini bread. So the kids are great in zucchini. And they're about to crack the eggs. And I think they had already cracked the eggs in. And uh, that's when the lady who runs the kitchen is like, oh, we needed those eggs tomorrow to make whatever, you know. Oh, sure. So. Uh, she's just causing problems, this lady. Geez, she's like, these Mormons, what are they
0: doing here? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fine. Making delicious zucchini bread? <laughs> well, we needed those eggs. In your weird Utah way. <laughs> For our weird egg fight that we have every year. <laughs> they were going to throw it at a, at a,
1: like an Islamophobic uh, Australian senator. <laughs> Uh, so I got dispatched to the store to get another thing of eggs. And I didn't realize, I thought these eggs were going to go in the zucchini bread. So I'm like, oh, they have grade B eggs at this at Kroger QFC. Interesting. I didn't even, I'd never seen them before. And I was like, I'll just get these grade B eggs. Who cares what goes in homeless zucchini bread, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you really are a saint. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I'll I save 11 cents. I care about all my cooking, <laughs> but really, like, how good the zucchini bread that some, uh, you know, that a homeless guy gets. Sure. I mean, he, I don't know if he, he's not going to complain, is what I'm saying.
0: Sure. I, he wouldn't even know. There's a dot of blood
1: in the <laughs> zucchini bread. Uh, it's just vitamin A, he will think, having heard this entry. Uh, so I grabbed the grade B eggs and ran back to the soup kitchen, but it turned out they had used the pre existing eggs in the zucchini bread, and now the homeless were going to get served. Grade B eggs and whatever their morning
0: omelet right. or frittata was. So right, the big uh, the big like the big fundraising Luth- breakfast with the governor, the Lutheran breakfast burrito. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Grade B eggs are uh, eggs that would be used still in in food, but in like processed food or in uh, in food manufacturing. They're not dodgy. <laughs> right? They're not dodgy. No, but they are eggs that maybe would. So as an egg-
1: I was going to put in a massive hotel pan full of zucchini bread, and I thought, that's, going to be a, that's got to be an indicated use for grade B eggs.
0: I think so. I mean, as an egg ages, the yolk becomes um, less distinct from the, you know, it gets waterier. I should have known you pronounced the L in yolk. Yolk. Somebody uh, who says
1: Soviet <laughs> is not going to say yolk like a normal person. <laughs> like normal folk. Yolk. Yolk. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, and you can tell all this by candling, right? Candling is an ancient Ah, process of holding an egg up to a candle to see what's inside. And it's used to determine, you know, whether the egg is fertilized if you're trying to raise chickens or if the egg is fertilized if you're not trying to raise chickens.
1: Shouldn't you already know? Or does this have to happen? Every egg that I eat at the store, somebody has candled to make sure it is not a chicken? Well,
0: it's not just that. I mean, they candle them to see if they are, um... A lot of different things. I mean, you want your eggs. It's a quality control. It's a quality control. That's Mm. right. Um, Eggs are graded by their weight. So if you get a carton of extra large eggs, it isn't that the shells are that much bigger, although they typically are, but that those are the heavier eggs. So small eggs are
1: light. And they're, so they're denser actually. Dense. They, They may not be that much bigger, but there's more to it. Is that because
0: the yolk is bigger? Uh, well, you know, the health of the chicken determines a lot about the constitution and health of the egg. Hmm. And so it's, it, I mean, the health of chickens varies a lot by who is raising them. You know, chickens that, egg laying chickens are bred for that purpose. And, um, your regular chicken, let's just say like Jane chicken. Oh, and you know, we we made this mistake when we talked about the uh, Mike the Headless Chicken. Oh, we heard about it. We heard about it a lot where we said that there were roosters and chickens.
1: Yeah, one of us said, it's not a chicken, it's a rooster.
0: Yeah, and, and people yelled at us on the internet. People are still yelling. And this is the thing futurelings won't have to deal with because they're, the only internet will be the omnibus. The neutron pulse will have taken care of all the peanut gallery. But in the old days, before exoskeletons... Before invertebrates took over the galaxy, people would yell at you if you made even a simple error, but it is roosters and hens. A hen is a female chicken. A hen is a female chicken. Chicken is the, is the denominator of the species. So both hens and roosters are chickens.
3: get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free plus twenty dollars off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com slash iheart or use the promo code iheart at checkout that's butcherbox.com slash iheart or use the promo code iheart at
1: checkout i like how the smallest egg on this list is peewee peewee egg peewee eggs are 15 ounces or more 15 ounces
0: or less. Sorry, or less, yeah.
1: Small. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs>
0: um, so uh, a, a chicken that is bred to lay eggs, a, a regular chicken will lay 10 to 15 eggs a year because they're just laying eggs to have babies. 10 to 15 eggs a year? natural Like a natural chicken. You make me feel like uh, like herds, herds of chickens that
1: used to roam chicken, the prairies.
0: Chicken. Her, herds of wild
1: chickens. They would just lay a.
0: Well, you know, chickens are from Southeast Asia, so they did not roam the prairies. They roamed the jungle. They are jungle fowl, really. Yes, so That's they interesting. they were laying eggs under brambles. They did. They weren't just out like like in giant herds, like in a Far Side cartoon, rolling over the like buffalo, over the plains.
1: They're hanging out. They're swinging from vines and lianas.
0: But a chicken which has been, a chicken that a chicken has witch? been, a chicken witch, which you do not want to encounter, sir, on a dark night. Uh, the ones that are, are bred to lay eggs and are manipulated to lay eggs. Is that what we do? We manipulate them? Yeah, we, we show we, them chicken porn? Yeah, we sidle up next to them and
1: say, listen. Is it like when you're trying to get the pandas to mate at the zoo? So you you have like some... <laughs> Stag films.
0: No, I think it's all about making them feel like the other, the other hens are doing better than they are and are going to get further in life. <laughs> you, you can have it all chicken,
1: but you've got to start <laughs> setting those eggs aside now while you're young. That's right. Do you want to be a mother and a professional? <laughs> so,
0: well, little hen.
1: So how do you take a 10 egg a year chicken and make it into an egg a day chicken?
0: I mean, they're bred, uh, they're bred to be this kind of producing chickens, but also you manipulate their light So that uh, chickens um, in egg laying facilities are not exposed to natural day. The light is controlled so that they think it's always the longest day of the year, like hot summer night where they're. um,
1: The longest day of the year would have a short night. (laughs) God. (laughs) The
0: the longest day of the year would have a short (laughs) night, but it would be a hot summer night. Yes. Yes. Short but hot. Short and hot is what you're trying that's, to get a chicken to think.
1: That's how I like it. And is this like an awful thing to do? Like, should we feel bad that chickens are being kept in artificial uh, artificial hot summer
0: night? I know, I know that an artificial Neil Diamond album, <laughs> that's what they do. They play Neil Diamond for them, and the chickens are like, I got to get this egg out. No, I don't want to be like the guy on Omnibus that's always talking about chickens.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, well, it's going to be one of us. <laughs> assuming... Assuming, arguing that one of us is more into talking about chickens (laughs) than the other. Like, you have a 50-50 shot. I just didn't want it to be me. And this is your second chicken episode.
0: Although I have to say, futurelings are just as likely, if not more likely, to be avian. And they could be listening, thinking like... I really love the one guy that talks about birds. Finally, representation for me. Representation matters. Why is Ken
1: always talking about (laughs) human
0: accomplishments? What a speciesist. You know, in fact, right now, because of the industrialization of chickens, 70% of the avian biomass on the planet is chicken. Is it one chicken? Is it one giant chicken? It's one giant chicken.
1: (laughs) That's insane.
0: 70%. Because,
1: because by weight, of course, there are many birds that are much heavier than your average chicken. You gotta, Think of all you the you flamingos gotta, and eagles and, and ostriches out and, yeah. there.
0: And yet, by biomass. And all of those crows uh, that are that are wandering around, pecking out, you know, or sitting on top of a bust of... of uh, Melville or whatever, all of the uh, (laughs) Tippy
1: Hedron. A bust of of Melville, that famous guy (laughs) who wrote about birds (laughs) sitting on
0: busts. Yes, that's right, folks. Herman Melville (laughs) (laughs) sitting on sitting on Tippy Hedron's bust. That's a terrible image. No, but uh, like, think about that. And 70, we did that.
1: We put them all over the world. This little, yeah. this plump little bird from, from the jungles of Southeast Asia. Which
0: wasn't even plump. We plumpified them first. Oh, did they used to be scrawny? Yeah. I mean, the, if you if you grab a wild chicken of any kind off the streets of, say, for instance, Kihei Maui or uh, or... You're making like it seem like you've done this. Road
1: Town Tortola. Is, is that why you didn't go to that that chicken and <laughs> rib stand I said you should go to in Kihei?
0: You were you were too busy grabbing street poultry. The problem is those birds don't have any meat on them because they're scroungy little. Like they're they're much more closely related to the jungle fowl
1: of ancient times. But we're doing something awful to our modern chickens and not getting them enough exercise and, and
0: filling them full of cheap grains. The chickens that are raised to be broilers, uh, which is to say meat chickens, rather than uh, egg chickens, they have been genetically bred to have so much breast meat that they oftentimes cannot stand Mm -hmm. their, their little skeletons won't support the extra weight. Now I did not get into this business to be Mr. Like debunk the chicken industry because Lord knows that is not, I mean, there are 300 million egg laying hens in the United States. And, uh, that's, that's one hen for every man, woman, and child. There are 50 billion chickens
1: raised for food. In the U.S. or worldwide? In the U.S. 50 billion. 50
0: billion chickens. Think
1: about if they could, <laughs> if they could rise up, you know, like. 50 billion chickens. Think of the population we are keeping subjugated right now, just yeah. hoping against hope that they never figure it out. And they realize what they could
0: do. It takes a nation of 50 billion chickens to hold <laughs> us back. They're going to come flapping at our heads like <laughs> Tippi Hedren and we are done. But uh, but I'm not talking about, I am not, I definitely do not want to talk about the 50 billion chickens. Because it's a bummer. It's a, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer. Like
1: all things related
0: to eating meat, it's best not thought about. Just yeah. continue to do the wrong thing because... Uh, it's delicious. Well, what's crazy is that until after World War II, most chicken husbandry—whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. hello—we're allowed to do that now. Are uh, most of it was on a very small, localized scale. That people had chickens, just like the mustache waxed hipsters of Portland, Oregon. I was
1: about to say this is happening again on your street. Like, have we heard the rooster during this entry? <laughs>
0: He's over there. I'll just open a window and call his name. That
1: wasn't you. That was actually the the rooster. I don't know why he has a mic, but. (laughs) Uh,
0: The, yeah, well, so the neighbors keep chickens for eggs. I think they may eat those chickens and they keep that rooster for God knows what reason. I have no idea. I want to throttle him every morning.
1: Sometimes my neighbors have chickens and uh, I may have said this on the show, like found out later that one was a rooster. I guess it's not foolproof for, for quite a while. Well, here's
0: the, I, I said I wasn't going to do this, but there is a, um, a kind of messed up byproduct of the sexing of chickens, of chicks, right? Your chicks are mm-hmm. born and you want the ladies, you want the hens. And because, so there's somebody whose job is just to just grab chicks on a tread uh,
1: conveyor belt, there t- is turn a, them upside down and kind of yeah, and in some like, kind of zen Zen way, they can just kind of vaguely intuit whether it's likely to be a male or female. Yeah,
0: so you're a boy, you're a girl, you're a boy, you're a girl, and they get separated and, uh, and it's little- It's a gender reveal party like <laughs> three times a second. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, it's the crying game over and over again. <laughs> uh, and the clucking game. And the, the crying is literal because the, uh, the hens go off to the, off to the mines. The egg, uh, the egg mines. And the little baby male chicks- To the tune of six billion a year. And uh, this is a trigger alert. So if you're listening to this program and are not prepared for yeah. this. If you're an avian <laughs> descendant. If you are, if you are like, yeah, a giant bird with a brain the size of a Volkswagen bug listening to this program 10,000 years from now going, go on. There's,
1: there's, there's currently <laughs> one bird in the future and it's 70% of the biomass of the planet. <laughs> uh, but, he
0: loves the show. But definitely if you are sensitive, do, you know, push the mute button now. Six billion male chicks a year go live into grinders. They just get put on conveyor belts, the conveyor belts just dump them into a into like macerators.
1: And they're ground into some protein meal that then ground, gets yeah, that goes into dog the female food. Chickens, and the uh, and
0: food. the presumption, I guess, is that because they're one day old and they are dumb birds who, you know, who legendarily will look up at the sky and drown in the rain um that it's just certainly more cost-effective but also just like humane does not enter into the decision making. They, like, they, don't,
1: they probably don't mind, or there's, yeah, there's they, no way to know if they do.
0: They're fine with it. There's not we can really, pretend
1: they enjoy it. There's not an exit interview that you could conduct
0: <laughs> after a chick has gone through a grinder. There's no farm upstate where you could put six billion male roosters. No, and nobody wants even one rooster, frankly. But the, but the problem is that the birds that are hatched to be layers are not good eaten If your criteria are that the eaten birds have breasts too big to be supported by their legs. That's my criteria for just about anything. So raising these roosters to be food is not worth the price of the feed. So into the grinder they go. I have no idea what kind of dog food it is that's full of like baby male chick feathers. <laughs>
1: Does you think it says? Do you think it says that on the outside? <laughs> I don't. This one, oh, honey, this one's lamb and rice. This one's six <laughs> billion day old roosters <laughs> in every bite.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so terrible.
1: Do you think we could like make them into service animals? Roosters? Yeah, six billion roosters. I mean, a if, year. <laughs> if you're not to the, every person, <laughs> human
0: on earth gets a new service rooster a year. <laughs> Well, so I, as, I, um, as I intimated, I think, on our last program, I just was on a, uh, a lengthy Caribbean cruise. So relatable, John uh, Roderick, te- ca- telling us all about his lengthy <laughs> Caribbean vacation. A lengthy uh, Caribbean cruise where the question of whether to pronounce it Caribbean or Caribbean came up multiple times, and I am 100% agnostic. I use both terms. I think I do too. Pirates. Caribbean.
1: So in the case of Pirates of the I say it, Caribbean 100% of the time.
0: Yeah. But. I don't, I'll say Pirates of the Caribbean. You'll say Pirates of the Caribbean. I'll, I'll say it, I don't, don't care. You don't give a damn. Come at me, fools. <laughs> no, but I will mix it up depending on how what sounds right in the sentence. I said, I was walking off the boat somewhere on some remote island, and I said, I love being in the Caribbean. And the other person was like, <clears throat> you mean Caribbean? <laughs> and I was like, I did not mean Caribbean. I meant
1: Caribbean. I'll do that with Lando Calrissian as well. I'll say Clarissian? Calrissian,
0: <laughs> Calrissian. <laughs> uh, but but on this cruise ship, I was struck by the fact that at any hour of the day, I could call uh, room service on the boat. The, this is the Jonathan Colton cruise to futurelings who now live in a world that is one hundred percent programmed by. Jonathan Colton and his friends. Yeah, if,
1: they already know. Yeah. This is the only crew
0: all cruises are now this this nerd cruise. Right. This is the er version of it when Jonathan Colton was still alive and not just a holographic uh, like benevolent uh, cult leader. You've
1: been on the Hojoko cruise <laughs> moderated by hologram
0: Jonathan Colton, but But this is the real one and uh, this was my 8th year on the Joko cruise. I'm a, I'm a plank holder as we say in the Navy. Uh, well, when do you turn to a plank
1: holder? <laughs> a plank,
0: uh, no, a plank holder is um, if you crew a ship on its maiden voyage. If oh, you were there the first time. Yeah, yeah. If you're the original crew, then, you are, then you're a plank holder of that ship. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. And on the, the boat this year, I was struck by the fact that I could order from room service an omelet perfectly prepared at any hour of the day or night. And the boat had 2,200 guests and 700 plus crew people. Wow. So how is this floating city able to produce that many presumably equally perfect omelets day in, day out? I was eating omelets at 2 in the morning. I was eating omelets at 10 in the morning.
1: I have never really been on a cruise, but everything I hear is that they are just giant Food fire hoses. It's amazing. Food everywhere. <clears throat> uh, and so in a, you would not even always go to the omelet place and nope. stand by the omelet station. Nope. Lo- like the president, kind of lolling at the side of the omelet station. You would sometimes just stay in your cabin and be like, it's been 45 minutes since I had an omelet. I'm going to press the omelet button.
0: So so prior to the cruise, I was sitting in a hotel. Let's just go right out ahead and say that it was a fancy hotel I was at. Relatable. And, uh, there was a omelet station in the morning and I watched the man who was the omelet making man, uh, dip into his bucket of eggs and pull out enough eggs to make my omelet with a big dipping, sp- uh, not spoon. It's ladle-ish, ladle Ladle. Right? He ladled out a bunch of pre-scrambled eggs. And I looked at this bucket of eggs and I was like, huh, that bucket of eggs would require that someone's job at this hotel be that they just sit in the back and crack eggs into a bucket,
1: because you need the shells, like the shells for most of the the uh, uh, egg industry process are great, nature's perfect little containers, yeah, for this quick to spoil goop that we need. And, but yet there's a certain point at the end of the process where the shell is the last thing you want. You don't want it at all. Suddenly you need to get rid of
0: it in a hurry. Now in European futurelings Mm -hmm. and futurelings worldwide are listening and uh, there's a lot of egg chauvinism in the world because in America we've done the typical thing where we decided that in order to mass produce them and to avoid disease, we needed to sterilize the eggs, wash them. And eggs terminate. And, uh, <laughs> what if we just did
1: that, the X, eggs to X pun for the rest of the show? Uh,
0: but in most of the countries of the world, including, um, Europe, there is a recognition that eggs come pre-coated by their mothers with a, like a kind of a live, an active coating on them that if you wash it off, the egg then needs to be refrigerated. Is this if, true? Yes. But if you don't wash the egg, it is protected by its native state and you can leave them, they're counter safe. They don't spoil. You leave them out because the the shell is not permeable because of this na- natural coating on the egg. That's true of
1: mammalian babies too. They come out coated in goop. They if, do. If I never took a shower, would I be... Uh...
0: Don't wash your babies. This is the lesson. <laughs> but here in the US, the, the idea that, that in order to control salmonella, in order to control infection, um, or, uh, you know, uh, contamination yeah. that we would sterilize, pasteurize, even eggs. Uh, so this is a, if you go to a bar, let's say in Denmark and you want to get into a conversation about what nation is better than Denmark or the United States, anyone in Denmark will take up that challenge with you, any drunk in the country. And they will bring up egg pasteurization? Eventually they will. Eventually they'll bring up a pasteurization of milk and egg. Cause you know, yeah. their milk is shelf stable too. That's they get they have
1: their, their gross cubes of, of milk in this.
0: And we're not allowed to eat good cheese in the United States for the same reason... That is awful. You can't.
1: This is a very specific story that's come from
0: many fights you've had in European bars. I have had so many fights in European bars about, because everybody wants to sidle up to me and go like, you know, America is not so good. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's a weird accent. Where are you from? (laughs) 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 And they're like, I'm from Romania, but now I live in Poland. Uh, So yeah, I fight all the time about food safety and, I, and it's, very hard to, it's very hard to defend America. <laughs> You're pretty famous in Europe. You're in a lot of travel guides. <laughs> this guy, if the, you see him. The food state, do not,
1: do not start, a, it's like at the register, do not start an argument about food safety with
0: this man. That's right. Well, and also our beer doesn't taste like raspberries. There are a lot of reasons why America is bad. Um, also, you know, like a lot of adventuring, a lot of global adventuring with guns that don't work very well. Yeah, I would I would have put a lot of that stuff ahead of our
1: unboxed milk because I'm not a fan of the European boxed milk.
0: Have you ever had Have you ever had the milk that comes in those little like cardboard udders <laughs> where you have to kind of rip a corner yeah, and off and then, of
1: the, then it comes out the bottom?
0: And you're like, why is this a better? <laughs> thing? always have one of those hanging in every room of your house.
1: You know, <laughs> so you can just take a quick slurp.
2: Start. That's unlimited access to thousands of lessons, exercises, and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks. Just go to musiciancom slash start. That's Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N dot com slash start.
0: But then I got on the cruise ship and I realized that the number of eggs, the number of cooked eggs they were producing, more or less precluded that there be staff people whose only job is to crack eggs.
1: Yeah. What did you say? 3,000 people.
0: Yeah. You could not, I mean, even though cruise ships notoriously have uh, like very, very stratified racial, cultural class systems. Is this something else we shouldn't think too much
1: about? Don't think.
0: Who's exactly doing this cooking for you? If you go on a cruise, do not reflect on the fact that the officer cast is all from the Netherlands or the UK, the food service staff is all from the Philippines or the Ukraine and everyone else is from Bali or, 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 Philippines. Yeah. Uh, but even so you would have to have 20 people just sitting downstairs in the bowels of the ship cracking eggs all day and night in order to accommodate this, this demand. Maybe that
1: seems like KP, you know, you insulted a plank holder, sir. Yeah. You're, you're on egg cracking
0: duty till Thursday. Well, this suspicion was confirmed in me when at the end of the cruise, they slipped under my door a uh, suitable for framing plaque of uh, all the ship's great accomplishments in the week prior that we'd been on the boat. Did so, you guys
1: really do anything that great? You well, got, did you
0: ferry some uh, refugee convoy uh, to safety? No, or? We, didn't take, we didn't take the little boy and fat man uh, <laughs> to, to, to Tinian. No, it was just that the, you know, they're proud of their, their ship. And they said, oh, well, we attained a maximum speed of 19 knots per hour on this transit between, you know, uh, Tortola and Barefoot Key. Uh, and there were, you know, this many people working at this job and here's the name of your captain and here, you know, all this stuff that it's you're like the credits to... after a movie. Exactly. And if, if the movie
1: also wanted to tell you like uh... – There was one point in the movie, there were nine edits in
0: one minute or something. (laughs) Except there wasn't really that much information on this thing. It Mm -hmm. was really something you were supposed to put up on the wall along with the tanzanite bra- bracelet that you I got see. your daughter and she didn't want it.
1: I got one of that's very specific too. Yeah. When I when I the only time I've been on something like this it was not quite a cruise but it was one of these russian icebreaker boats that goes to antarctica now and I got a certificate sure. for ju- and, and I'm
0: the fancy one. <laughs> this was not fancy. <laughs> but for
1: jumping into the antarctic ocean I got a I got a certificate of you know some kind of polar bear club. Did you thing. frame did
0: you frame it next I, to all your other awards?
1: I did not. I can't imagine the kind of person that
0: frames these actual fake print shop kind of. Uh, I was considering it, because uh, again, I hate to keep bringing her up. I don't know why I keep doing it, but you know, uh, my uh, my last girlfriend had a lot of diplomas, lots of uh, fancy ones, and I and she was like, "We need to buy a house together." She was all adamant that. But we- But
1: hers were two. not like I ate the monster bacon burger. Well, <laughs> that's
0: the thing, though. I mean, but she had all these like you know, burr, herbiter burr, ivy covered uh, diplomas. And I didn't have, even at, at that time, I didn't even have a college diploma that I knew of. You did, but I had, you didn't know it. Yeah, I had that envelope that I refused to open. But uh, but I was going to hang up all those, like, <laughs> he, <laughs> he ate the pig's trough at ferals <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, certificate of appreciation award. I was going to put them all in frames and 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 uh, insist that they be hung next to her Ivy League degrees. I
1: do like the idea of having a wall full of that stuff.
0: Yeah, right? It's only funny in aggregate. Yes. Right? If you have 14 things and you put them up like your psychiatrist's office. uh, (laughs) And my psychiatrist, God, he's got 15 diplomas and you look at them and they're all the same. They all just (laughs) say like, like good citizenship award at Seattle Pacific University. So what
1: was on this form that was uh, relevant to the food service? industry? So
0: it it had, you know, the captain, it had our maximum speed, it had our, our the, the southernmost point in our trip. And then it said, number of eggs used, 22,000. <laughs> number of eggs used. And I was like, number of eggs used. And I think it's on there as a kind of like, you know, it's, it's a little jocular like, oh, and also guess what? But it's an impressive <laughs> That's figure. That's the fun one. But- When I thought about it, 22,000 eggs over the course of a seven day trip. It's just one per per, uh, passenger per day, one per human per day. One per human per day. But how do you crack. Right. 3,000 eggs a day. That's. A lot of work. And I. It's the kind of thing where you know it's been
1: invented away in our era. That's right. In any other time in the Earth's history, somebody would be like, 3,000 eggs.
0: Great. Good job, the peasants. Right. But now you think. You Get 20 guys from Bali and chain them to a desk and say, like, you don't get out of here until you've cracked 700 eggs. But
1: today you know that some efficiency expert, expert, has,
0: has figured this really? out. Ugh, expert. God, you really are a criminal. Uh, so yes, in fact, there have been tremendous developments in the egg cracking sciences. Thank goodness. So many, in fact, that there's quite a lot of competition in the, uh, design and manufacture and sales of industrial egg cracking machines. And I know you love a Rube Goldberg device. Oh, very much. But what you have in an egg crack, industrial egg cracking machine is, uh there's a lot of opportunity. It's not clear how you would do it. If you try to picture a machine or a
1: robot cracking your eggs, it's not clear what's going on. Are they poking a hole and sucking stuff out? Right,
0: that's or, one
1: way. Right, or is it just going to pulverize it in such a way that the shell can be centrifuged or whisked away where you don't really care? Is it effectively what we would do, kind of a karate chop along some kind of a blade that essentially cuts the shell in half, you hope? I have no idea what the best way is to do it quickly and Methodically for every egg, and not get any
0: shell anywhere. All the ways that you've described are represented in in egg cracking machines that are on the market today. Do you have a catalog? I'd love to look at these. Uh, there are catalogs of egg cracking of industrial strength egg cracking machines. Uh, the um, walk me through some of the uh, the industry leaders. Well, so like you were saying, there's the uh, I think the most grotesque, the brutest force version is the one where uh, it's a centrifuge, and there's a giant bucket. And you just throw whole <laughs> eggs into it <laughs> it's, uh, you get a you get a frat to throw eggs into the bucket, just just huck eggs into this thing, and then it spins super duper fast and out all of its sides, but into it collecting uh trough or device into so, a in a bucket it gets extruded <clears throat> this it does get <laughs> extruded into a kind of frothy you know the kind of egg a frothy egg mix that you would get in a container of, like if you bought a- If you bought egg beaters. Yeah, a milk carton of egg beaters. Right. And these are eggs that are intended then to be poured into a subsequent- A zucchini cake for a homeless person. Exactly. You're making some giant industrial sized, but it's a very inefficient way of getting the egg material out because the cracked shells, no matter how quickly you centrifuge them, there are all these- pockets where eggy material, because egg is viscous,
1: Yeah, right? like this, this, the little bits of shell stick in the yolk. You've, you've seen and, this if you've ever made an one. Like
0: and you, you can then, you pour the frothy mixture through a, a screen, a filter, so that even, you know, small little bits of shell get collected. But what you're missing is all the, I mean, you would have to centrifuge this stuff for a long time to actually get all the egg material out of it. So that's a brute force method. Um, there are ones like you were saying that are, where there's a hole poked in it and the egg, the egg material is sucked out. We used to, we used to, my parents used to blow
1: eggs like that. You know, you make a little tiny hole and you can, you know, force the, even the white and even the yolk out. Then you've got a hollow egg. You can make a Easter or Christmas decoration. Yeah.
0: I still have a little Santa Claus that I made out of a blown egg that I hang on the Christmas tree every year, full of pride still. Forty four years later. That seems like it would work pretty
1: well. I mean, I I guess the yolk and the white would get mixed if you're okay with that.
0: There's that. And also, you know, eggs are fairly stable, but there's a lot of potential unintended breakage. You know, you can't, Mm. you can't reliably get that. I mean, you can poke into one side of an egg and insert a tiny little scrambler. That would then turn scrambled eggs inside the inside egg? the egg, and then it would turn fancy. the egg into you know, and what came out the other side would be a consistent like single consistency fluid. Um, but that's not good for all applications. It turns out that egg processors really do want to separate the yolks from the whites because they're valuable as separate commodities. So if you're really processing a ton of eggs, you also want that ability. You yeah. don't necessarily need it, but you'd like to be able to have the whites in Yeah, you need Meringue eggs. Bot 5000 and be
1: like, hey, Meringue Bot, I need 10 more egg whites. And it'll be like,
0: beep, de, de, beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, Here we go, sir. That's my... <laughs> that's be, Meringue that's, bot. <laughs> that's my best accent of all, Meringue Bot. Where, is it a Romanian Meringue Here bot? <laughs> are your egg whites. Um, the OptiBreaker Compact 12... <laughs> Is That's uh, fake. the Optibreaker? It it is. Uh, it claims to be capable of processing one hundred and thirty five thousand eggs per hour. So the number, so twenty two thousand eggs in a week for the Holland America Oosterdam, is really chicken feed when it comes to uh, the capacity of of machine cracked eggs.
1: It could do that. It could, it could supply the whole cruise in what, minutes? Is that Minutes, right? yeah.
0: And what, well, the way the OptiBreaker works is it collects the eggs and they, um, you know, they're in really fast moving racks and the eggs are cracked with little mechanical hands. Like that mimic a human cracking an egg. Yeah, basically the egg is up against a uh, kind of fulcrum, like a soft padded fulcrum and then little grippers on either side kind of break against that fulcrum. And what makes the OptiBreaker so efficient, honestly, if I have to, you know, if I, if I can sing its praises for a second. John, you've already sold me. You don't have to. Is that as the, uh, as the egg is cracked into, uh, I guess, like six parallel troughs, uh, the eggshell, the now cracked eggshell, as it flies away, it has an extended period where it's, still over the trough as the eggs move along and the and the and the shells move away, so that all that like egg white that that often is lost With in the industrial shell. process has that extra second or two to continue to drain into the oh, trough. So the optibreaker really collects as much of the egg as it
1: can. I love when mechanical um, solutions have kind of mimic the human bodies solution. Yeah. And you never know if that's just because of the purity of evolution. Like we've we've evolved into the best possible egg breaker or if it's just kind of the failure of imagination of like, well, this is how I crack an egg. Let's make a robot that does it. Too. It's, to me, like when I watch windshield wipers. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's like somebody saw a hand wiping a window and was like, we'll just make two little metal hands that do that. Like that's, <laughs> that's
0: how we drive in the rain. Well, it may, uh, it may interest you that the, uh, that the Optibreaker is in the shape of a giant penis. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just for, that's <laughs> for decorative it's reasons. Just because that's the best way to do it. <laughs> it's the best shape for a skyscraper. I don't know. I don't understand why people <laughs> complain so much. Um, the Ovotech, uh, is a is a competitor of uh, the OptiBreaker. Are you going to talk the Ovotech? No, no, no. I'm, I like the Ovotech. It's a different version of it. The Ovotech is um, is an egg separator. the 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 cracking mechanism of the Ovotech it cracks eggs one at a time, whereas the uh, the OptiBreaker—it's working on a whole rack. Yeah, of eggs. can just do like a dozen eggs every second. But does this mean it's more of a hypnotic
1: one egg at a time thing, like a uh, like you know some Mister Rogers video of crayons getting made or something? It is. It's
0: it. There is a hypnoticness, although it requires I think more human intervention. There has to be somebody there that's like kind of. I mean, you know, the eggs are all in a hopper, but there, there's a person kind of clearing the hopper. So as
1: somebody, some somebody's feeding the, yeah. the What was it, the Ovotech? The
0: the uh, the Ovo-tech, Ovotech. Yeah. If you go online, you can find a lot of egg cracking machines made in China. There's a company called Special Machines in Germany that has their own competing egg breaker. It seems to be a thing kind of like a compact car that it's a sign of the industrialization of your country that you begin to make egg cracking machines. That's, I mean, you know that if your country does not have a functioning economy, it's not going to be able to produce one of these miracle devices.
1: So this is bad news for Malta or Canada.
0: Or, you're probably insulting a ton of countries. right I think now. Canada probably has a, a pretty burgeoning uh, egg cracking device because it's also it appeals to the the backyard inventor. Everybody thinks they can build a better mass egg cracker. I have to admit, I have never once thought that. How what's how's your mousetrap game? <laughs> I mean, you can't even cook a steak. <laughs>
1: And that concludes Egg Cracking Machines. Entry 398.JE1711, certificate number 27021, in the omnibus. Now, we assume that unlike egg cracking machines, uh, social media is a technology that is not burgeoning in the future.
0: Let's hope not. But... uh, (laughs) To our giant bird friends that live in the future.
1: Who are like (laughs) pecking at the keyboard (laughs) with their giant beaks one letter at a time to bring up our Twitter handles Um, I'm sorry we picked such long ones it's going to take you a while our tweets are archived at at omnibus project collectively and individually we are at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick on Twitter and in John's case on Instagram Uh, the only thing you should peck for on Facebook is the futurelings Facebook group Mm -hmm. which I hope exists in whatever temporal era you are listening from, delightful, lively conversation about uh, recent entries in the Omnibus. I guess they've already seen the Mike the Headless Chicken episode, yeah, which we did before the egg-cracking machine. So we've actually answered the age-old question. (laughs) (laughs) Which came first? Yeah. The the chicken episode comes three (laughs) weeks ahead. Um, Ahead. There we go. Or lack thereof. Uh, and uh, they people would send us emails from time to time, mostly to complain about the Matrix. Uh, they would send those to the Project at gmail.com. If people had physical artifacts to mail us, such as uh, a rock hmm. thrown through a window that says, I like the Matrix, you jerk, hmm. uh, you could mail that to, you could throw it through the window of my house, or you could mail it to... <laughs> The Omnibus Project, P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155.
0: Future links from our vantage point in your distant past when humans still roamed the Earth. We had no idea how long our civilization would survive. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. Although you laugh a rueful, roof, you, you uh, cluck a rueful cluck.
1: <laughs> I didn't know what you were saying. Laugh a like,
0: I was like, who's
1: Laugh a ruffle? Is he that Romanian guy <laughs> that got mad at you?
0: Uh, but if the worst comes soon, uh, hopefully there are no recordings of our screams, our miserable <laughs> screams as we go into the macerators. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> when
1: the aliens come up with the uh, Humana. Tech 2000 <laughs> and
0: load us all in. And they they separate us by sex, and all the boys go into the into the dog food grinder. Feed their alien pets. Uh, we hope that this recording, uh, like all our recordings, will be preserved for all eternity. Because as we know, if you do not possess physical media, you own nothing. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. iTunes.
1: What would be the physical version of this? medium. I the guess.
0: freaking platinum discs that we're saving up to, to cast all this in.
1: I guess. Like a velvet glove cast in iron, Ken. <laughs> if they, but if they're just listening to this being broadcast from some mysterious uh, transmitter that we've left from old earth i hope they're carving it into on the walls of their caves or something carving so, it
0: into their avian
1: brains so that nobody can steal their this the streaming audio content Yeah. physical media future don't forget
0: yeah send us 0.004 cents for every episode <laughs> uh if providence allows in the form of the giant rock that lives on top of the giant rock Rockefeller center Yeah, the the giant rock of thirty rock. (laughs) The thirty rock, rock, R O K, rock, rock. Uh, We hope to be back with you soon for another entry
2: in the omnibus.